It's been fun getting prepared for today. Um, it started when Pastor Joe called me last Sunday afternoon. He said, hey, Ed, would you be willing to preach next Sunday? I quickly said, Joe, happy to get back in the saddle again. It's been a long time. I said, it's been probably 42 years. Hung up the phone. I thought, it's been more than 42 years. It's like 45 years ago when I last preached. Debbie Ballinger Adams was in the senior high youth group when I last preached. George Ballinger was in junior high, and I remember him playing the drums in the high school band, marching band. Next flashback was remembering that my mother and grandparents came on Sunday morning when I was preaching. Leighton Anderson asked me to preach. And I was new at the time. I, I mean, I had not preached very much. And uh, Leighton rolled the dice. He said, well, let Ed have a try. It was Mother's Day. The, rem the remembrance is, is keen in my mind because we have an old picture somewhere with my grandparents and my mother and Gabrielle standing with me on the front steps outside the church sanctuary. It was in the robe that the youth group gave me when I was leaving here to start my first church service. So I was very eager when Leighton asked me a long time ago, and I was pretty eager when Joe asked me last Sunday. Back then I gave it my best shot, that's what I'm going to say to you. Aside from the photo, one other very strong memory keeps coming back to me. Actually, it happens every time I walk through the front doors into the main sanctuary, and here it is. How many of you know Wayne Richards? Some of you do. He was on the staff here at that time, and also teaching at Fairleigh Dickinson, and I came to respect his opinion about most things. Right after the benediction, uh, the service is over, I'm walking out, and here comes Wayne with that, one of Wayne's very intense looks on his face. He's looking right into my eyes, and I just wanted to go outside and greet my mom and my grandparents. Wayne stopped me in the center aisle. He came up and gave me one of those looks, and he said, that sermon, what was that? He didn't explain, but I sure remember. <laughs> All I can say is I gave it my best shot back then, and after I've done it for a few years, I feel like I'm going to give it another shot today. Let's pray. You have the words of eternal life, O oh God. We have believed and come to know that you are the Holy One of God. Christ, you are a light. We pray you illumine and guide us as a shield, O Christ, overshadow us. Be in the heart of each to whom I speak and in the mouth of each who speaks unto me. Amen. I mentioned that song because when I was a little kid, I grew up singing a whole set of different songs. And there was one in particular there were about 250 kids in the junior Sunday school back in those days. 
and Verna Crothers played the piano like nobody I've heard since. Trust and obey, there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. I learned that very early on, and I'm convinced it helped me frame my faith journey with more of a happy attitude than anything else. I love singing that song. I was going to sing it to you, but we'll skip that too. Wayne might be here. <laughs> I've learned a lot of other songs since then, which have contributed to shaping and reshaping my faith journey, including songs from the Psalms, the Psalms of Lament that we've been focusing on here during the season. My favorite song of Lament is entitled, How Can I Keep From Singing? It was written right after the Civil War by Reverend Robert Lowry in 1868. It goes like this. It illustrates the gospel reading. My life goes on in endless song beyond earth's lamentations. I hear the real, though far off hymn that hails a new creation. Through all the tumult and the strife, I hear its music ringing. It sounds an echo in my soul. How can I keep from singing? While though the tempest loudly roars, I hear the truth, it liveth. And though the darkness round me close, songs in the night it giveth. No storm can shake my inmost calm while to the rock I'm clinging. Since love is Lord of heaven and earth, how can I keep from singing? After more than a few swings and misses in pastoral ministry over the years, preaching and teaching, I've come to know that this particular gospel story read this morning reveals that Jesus did not always love his options. Ultimately, the options before him in this particular story became deadly. The gospel story tells us that in the middle of the anxiety of his lamenting, he steals away in prayer. No one would go with him. He surrenders his own will and lays it down. He freely chooses to surrender to God's embrace. I was thinking to myself, how many people sitting out there listening will understand that line? How many times have you simply had to surrender and put yourself in God's grace? Jesus is a child resting in the loving arms of the one he called Father. Exhausted and depleted, no company of friends and disciples to pray with him. There are times when almost everyone feels that way. Burdens, hassles, ragged edges of life tear us up. And we know it's best to surrender into the arms 
of someone who loves us. That's what this story is all about. If right now you're thinking, I haven't been torn up like that lately, or I haven't been disappointed severely very much, or I haven't been shattered into pieces like that china cup that falls off the table and on to the porcelain floor. Stick around a while because it will happen. You know what I'm talking about? Can I get a little indication that you're with me? All right. That's life. That's the places that life takes us sometimes. Wouldn't it be best to shape our highest hopes that we might be in God's loving embrace during those times, that God would touch us somewhere and heal us and mend us and be with us? I want to finish framing this picture of this morning's gospel reading with a gentle question. What would it take for you, or what has it taken before you, would lay down all your defenses, all the turmoil that might be going on in your life, and acknowledge the brokenness that you're living with? And then just simply ask God, Will you come and hold me for a while? Will you help and bring comfort to me? Whatever it is that I'm going through that stirs me up and wakes me up in the middle of the night. Even Jesus, according to the gospel reading, especially Jesus, the one we praise as the one who comes to save and heals us, whom we usually think of as the Son of God who has it all together, gets to this breaking point in his life, and we find that it's in him, it's inside of him the healing needs to take place. His prayers and laments lead him in the garden to the arms of an eternal embrace. He knows God is with him. All of us need that kind of place. I've met a lot of people, and I'll include myself. We all need that kind of embrace. It's that place where we feel free to call out to God and the ones who love us most. Offer ourselves up. Surrender ourselves and give God access to heal us. That's the key phrase. Can we give God access to our hearts to heal us? To simply be embraced and comforted in the presence of God. Does that sound good to you? I need a little outward confirmation. You doing all right? It's almost over. This week ahead, well, maybe starting right now, let's try to be a little bit more like Jesus in this story. Give God access to our brokenness. Give God access to any loneliness that we feel. 
Give God access. Tell God your disappointments and your worries and your anxieties. We've been reminded by this gospel lesson that it's Christ-like to do so. Come along with me and finish up our time by simply praying, repeating these short phrases, like the kids do at children's time. Help us with the difficult things in our lives, O oh God. To maybe even surrender them of, over to you. Help us find our way to you this week. Starting now. And draw even closer in the days ahead. So we may give you access to our hearts. Feeling your love for us in the deepest places. Amen.